Welcome to the Defender Bible Study, a weekly encouragement to equip the body of Christ through the study of Scripture and prayer to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children around the world. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, where we believe that defending the fatherless begins by being rooted in God's Word. Good morning. It is Monday, June 20th, and this is Blake Wilson, Lifeline's Vice President of Operations. And we're going to continue our study this morning in Genesis, looking at Genesis 5 through 7, um, but really focusing in on Genesis 6 and 7 this morning. But really the theme of what we see here is um, how God does not want to tolerate sin. He hates sin and ultimately uh, came to the end of his patience in, G- in Genesis chapter 6. And and many of us know this story Um you know, as a child, it may have been one of your favorite stories. It's something that we all learned um, at some point, even if it, you grew up in church or maybe even if, if you didn't and you just went to vacation Bible school or whatever it may be. Genesis chapter six is one of those stories that you hear as a child. But I think the lens of which you hear that through completely changes when you look at Scripture and the words of of the Lord um, as he speaks here, because I remember as a child reading Genesis chapter six, and it was this cute story of these little animals, or animals, not little animals, animals marching two by two up a ramp into a boat, and then, um, you know, a lot of rain. And then at the end of the day, a beautiful rainbow happened, and, you know, there's this beautiful picture of of people on a boat and a rainbow. And when you look under um, or look in, into the scripture deeper, you ultimately see that this was a massive problem with sin. And God um, just was tired of tolerating sin and just wiped out the face of the earth in Genesis chapter 6. So it's, it actually says in Genesis um, chapter 7, which we will get to uh later on in in our study today uh, together but it says in genesis seven sixteen, um, it says the lord shut him in and what it's talking about shutting him in is ultimately how noah was obedient built this ark and then once the ark was built it says that the lord shut him in the lord shut the door of the ark and i think that's that's a beautiful picture of of the lord's provision to protect noah who who he had um, promised to keep safe during this during this flood, but I think it's it's also neat for us to look into the Gospels and hear the word of Jesus Himself. Jesus actually references this in Matthew twenty four of the time of of the flood, and I think there's this beautiful picture of um, a correlation between the door of the ark shutting and actually the Lord's return to earth. And really the timing of that, how the Lord's patience will only last so long and then the door will be shut and it will be too late. And and this is what Jesus says in Matthew 24, verse 36. It says, but about the day or the hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. As it is written in the days of Noah, so it will be the coming of the son of man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day that Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. 
And this is how this is how it will be with the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, one will be taken and the other left. You can see Jesus using um, using the story of Noah as as just an example of what his return will be. The door will eventually be closed and it will be too late. You know, those in the mill, those in the field will be taken. Some will be taken, some will be left. And you see Noah building this ark and 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 people just going going on about their life, going on about their day. And eventually the door was shut and then the rains came and the floods came. And at that point it was it was too late. So I think what we can see here, even as we study Genesis 6 and 7 today, is a reminder for us to be intentional um, in sharing the gospel because there will be a time when the door will be closed. The door of salvation will be will be closed. So what are we doing while we have the opportunity to be intentional with the gospel, to tell others about the saving hope of Jesus Christ? So this is this is where we pick up in Genesis 6 today. And we can read in um, starting in verse five, it says, the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on earth. So you can see the the desolation of, of the earth. People had just had just turned from him. It even it even says um, the word regretted, which I think is so, um, so powerful in verse number six. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on earth and his heart was deeply troubled. So he said, I will wipe from the face of the earth human, the human race that I created and with them the animals and the birds and the creatures that move along the ground. For I regret that I have even made them. I mean, these are strong words and, and he saw and, and it should help us remember how wicked we are, a, a wicked, a wicked creation. And the Lord said he regretted making human humans. And this this is not to say that he's saying I made a mistake, but it's just expressing how sorrowful he was for the sin that had become so rampant and so prevalent across the face of the earth. He was he was so um, he was just so tired of of the sin and how um, really just how brokenhearted he was for the decisions that man had made. So he he says, I regret it even making humans. Um, but if you continue reading, you can see a little a little glimmer of hope through Noah and his family. And it says in verse eight, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So he, you can see in these two verses, this human wicked, this human our wicked human race, the Lord regretting that he even made made them. And then verse eight, there's one guy, one family, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. It was a man who um, was described as as blameless in verse number nine. It says he was a righteous and blameless man among the people of his time. He walked faithfully with God. Now, again, this isn't saying that this was, he was sinless. We know that he wasn't sinless. You can read over a couple chapters in Genesis and see he was certainly not a, a sinless man. But this was a man who was wholeheartedly seeking after God. He loved God. He obeyed his commands. And he was described here as a man man who was blameless. So the Lord gave Noah this task. And, and really these next probably eight verses um, in 13 through 21, which is really just a blueprint and a guide to what the Lord was calling Noah 
to do what he commanded what he commanded him to do and that was to build this ark and giving him this task that he didn't he didn't understand um you know he's in the middle of a of a dry land and he begins to to build this boat and it's not you know it's not just a, a fishing boat i mean this is a gigantic boat made of cypress wood with with three levels um with different levels of of decks i mean he gives him the dimensions and ultimately just for modern day um, scalability we're really talking about a football field and a half i mean it is a gigantic boat that he has instructed him to, to build in the middle of of a dry land so you can imagine how this was received from people people around him the 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 crazy guy building a boat in the middle of of a dry land where there is no water um and people probably thought he was absolutely crazy. But I, I love what what you see in verse number 22. It says, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. So he gave him this blueprint, told him how big to make this boat, all of, all of the dimensions and things that he was supposed to do. And Noah did everything just as God commanded him to do. I think there's a lesson here for us to learn, and that is when the Lord gives us a task, even when we don't understand it, we have to trust that he will make a way and we have to remain obedient. When the Lord gives us a task we don't understand, we have to trust he will make a way and remain obedient. We are going to be faced with um, with struggles in our life. We're going to be we're being given um, or we're going to face obstacles that we don't think we can overcome because we have to trust the Lord and 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 understand that. He has a way. He can prepare a way. We just have to remain obedient on what he's called us to do. And this is what we see as an example in the life of Noah. He just, he remained faithful. Guys, this did not make sense at all. I mean, he was he was in this, this dry land um, and the Lord told him to make this boat and he did. And, and he says he followed everything just as the Lord commanded him to do. And then, and then it picks up in verse or in chapter seven. This is what it says: The Lord then said to Noah, "I want you to go into the ark and take your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of every kind of clean animal, a male and, a, male and its mate, and one pair of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate, and also seven pairs of every bird, male and female, to keep the various kinds alive throughout the earth." Because seven days from now, I will send rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. And I will wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I have made. So seven days. You've got seven days in this ultimate task of um, filling this boat, of, of getting all of these animals as the Lord has instructed. But I think it's important for us, what we're going to see in just a minute is, is to like we said earlier, remain obedient to what the Lord has called us to do and trust that he is working the details. Because I don't know about you, but I get so sidetracked and um, so wrapped up sometimes in the details of, of worrying about the things. Um, I don't want to say that don't matter, but, but aren't pertinent at the time. I get sidetracked from the things that are right in front of me. Just, well, what if this or what if that or how is this going to work out? I begin to question myself. But let's see what happens here. As the Lord has, has given Noah this task of gathering these, these, um, these animals, let's look 
at verses six through nine, and it says, Noah was 600 years old when the floodwaters came, came to the earth. And Noah and his sons and his wife and, and his wife's sons, or his son's wives, entered the ark to escape the waters. Pairs of clean and unclean animals and the birds and the creatures moving along the ground, male and female, they came to Noah and entered the ark as God had commanded Noah. Verse number nine, they came to Noah. You know, I, I think as if I, if I put my, my, myself in Noah's situation, I would have easily, my mind would have gone, how in the world am I going, you know, how am I going to round up uh, a water buffalo? How am I going to get an elephant? How is a giraffe going to fit in here? Like begin to think about all of these, these things of I'm, I'm building this boat, but how am I going to get these animals there? And, and the Lord told him in verse number nine, I'm going to send them. They came to Noah. The Lord, the Lord instructed these animals to come to him. Now, I can't tell you that it was just like, you know, the Bible stories on the flannel graphs and they were marching up two by two side by side into this ark, right? We don't know those details of how this panned out, but we do know that the animals came to him, that it was the spirit of the Lord who, who prompted them. Noah just needed to be obedient with the, what the Lord had called him to do. The, Noah had to do his part. He had to stay focused on the task the Lord had given him, and he did. He completed this boat. He built this boat, and the Lord took care of the rest. As we can't get sidetracked, and we can't worry about all the what-ifs, and we can't worry about the things that are out of our control, we have to trust the Lord to provide, and this is what he did. He provided, and he brought the animals to Noah. And I think it's also an interesting point for us to remember that Think of the length of Noah's obedience and how faithful he was building this ark. Like I said, this is a massive, massive boat. And this is, you know, this isn't, this isn't like Noah could run down the road to Home Depot or Lowe's and get power tools. You know, he could hire a crew of people to help him build this. Because this this is all work done by by hand with with no power tools. Like this, this feat took years and years and years to build this boat. Now, how easily do you and I get dis- distracted and get discouraged when things don't happen quickly? It's so easy for us to get overwhelmed and think this is never going to end or this is too hard. I can't I can't do this. But I think it's interesting, interesting for us to look at at Noah's obedience and his obedience was was probably greater than the lifespan of many people today. It's longer than we even live. And he was just continuing to do the tasks set before him. Day after day, hour after hour, being obedient to what the Lord had called him to do. And I and I think, and we're going to get to this at the end, but as that alone uh, justifies why Noah was listed in Hebrews chapter 11 in the Hall of Faith. His obedience is just unimaginable of his faithfulness and just desire to serve the Lord year after year after year and what the Lord has called him to do. Guys, we cannot give up what the Lord has instructed us to do. Let us hold fast to, to his faithfulness and remember his faithfulness. And those seasons that's just dry, those seasons that it's it feels overwhelming, let's stay faithful to what the Lord has called us to do because we know he will provide a way. Let's stay faithful. Something I, something I learned and and as I was studying for this, it just popped out to me was even even the intensity of this water that came forth. You know, it wasn't again, 
nothing nothing against flannel graphs and, and Sunday school, right? But there's so many layers of this story that I didn't learn as a as a child. Seven um, chapter seven verse eleven says, "In the six hundred year of Noah's life, on the seventeenth day of the of the second month, springs of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of heaven were open, and the rain fell for forty days and forty nights." It wasn't just a storm cloud that came over. Guys, there was there was water coming from the deep. You know, it must have been like geysers popping out of the water out of the earth. Like there was water from below, it was water from above, and the and the water, I mean it rained for 40 days and 40 nights, and ultimately it flooded the entire earth. There was nothing left. Um that had breath in its nostrils is what um what the but what the Bible says, it wiped out everything. So this was an intense storm that lasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Um, and then we see in verse number 16, as we started off coming to kind of coming full circle, it says the animals going in were male and female and every living creature as God had commanded Noah. And then the Lord shut him in. The Lord shut him in. The Lord protected him. And uh, the waters rose and flooded the entire surface of the earth. Even the mountains were covered, is what it says um, down in verse number seven. And it says everything in verse number 22, everything on dry land that had breath of life in its nostrils died. It was all wiped out. And only Noah was left and those with him on the ark. And the waters flooded the earth for 150 days. So you can see how um, chapter 7 ends of just this, this flood. But the Lord's, this Lord's uh, protection of Noah and his family. So let's, let's look, at, uh, look at the obedience of Noah. Let's remember his, his faithfulness to not give up. Let's not get sidetracked on the details and let's stay um, trusting of what the Lord has called us to do. You know, Hebrews chapter eleven talks about talks about Noah and remembers Noah for his diligence and for his faithfulness and for the years that he just served the Lord. And this is um, this is how the stage is set in Hebrews chapter eleven, verse one. It says, "Now faith is confidence in what we hope for." and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. You know, Noah didn't see what was on the horizon. He trusted the Lord for it. He had confidence in the Lord because he knew the Lord. Lord's words were true. And we, he knew what the Lord had commanded him to do. And he stayed faithful and he stayed obedient until the very end because he, was, he had assurance about what he couldn't see. He had assurance about... Um, about what was to come and that flood and that rain because he knew the words of the Lord were true. And this is what it specifically says in the book of Hebrews about Noah. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. He's warned about things he couldn't see, but in fear of God, he built an ark to save his family. And by his faith, he condemned the, the world and became heir of the righteousness that is keeping with faith. Because he was faithful. 
though he didn't understand, he was faithful. You see, Noah experienced such rejection because he was different from those around him. You know, God commanded him to build this huge boat in the middle of a dry land, and it seemed foolish, but he didn't care. He did it. He remained steadfast. He remained faithful, and he obeyed what God had told him to do. And his obedience ultimately um, made the others look disobedient. It made their disobedience stand out. Because we have to remember that when when God is asking us to do something, he's going to give us the necessary tools and strength to carry out that task. You, you know, he gave he gave Noah what he needed to be able to um, to stay faithful, to be able to carry out the task at hand. Though it seemed daunting, the Lord equipped him. And that's where we find our hope and rest, guys. The Lord will equip us to do the good works that he has told us to do. Let us not get sidetracked in the details, overwhelmed about the things that the Lord hasn't told us to do. Let's keep our head down, stay focused on what the Lord has told us to do, and be obedient with that one thing. And and, and rely and rest in His power to work out those details. Because He will not leave us, um, He won't leave us in the boat. You can see as we're going to read through this next week, the first verse in chapter 8 says this, But God remembered Noah. He's not going to leave us floating out there. He's going to come for us. He's going to save us. And he's going to redeem us. And this is the beautiful story of redemption that we see um, in the book of Genesis as as the Lord um, wiped out the sin and came back to kind of start afresh. So let us find hope and rest in that today as we serve. Um, Today, we're going to continue praying, um, close out our time together in prayer today and specifically praying today for the country of the Dominican Republic. Um, so let's just close at our time praying for our partnerships there, for um, the boys' home there, Ninos de la Luz, and how we partner with them in the DR. Uh, let's pray for them to come to know who the Lord is um, through this season of their, of their life while they are able to be um, under the care of our team there and to understand who Christ is. Let us pray that they come to know him. Let's just pray for our team who are investing in in there. There are so many people uh, working uh, to invest in the lives of these boys. Let's pray for the teachers and the leaders and the groundkeepers and the cooks. So many people there. Let's just pray that they remain encouraged. And then lastly, let's just pray for um, wisdom for our team, just to know how to meet those needs, um, to strengthen those relationships with our partners there and be able to um, walk alongside them in their ministry. So let's close in prayer today. God, you are so good and we are so thankful for um, what you've done in the ministry of Lifeline. And we're just reminded today that um, things can be presented to us that seem daunting and overwhelming, but God, you have called us to be obedient with the task at hand. So Lord, may we be Be diligent, Lord, may we be steadfast in the task before us and stay obedient to what you have called us to do. God, today we we pray for um, the country of the Dominican Republic. We pray for our partners there um, at Ninos de la Luz. Let's, uh, God, we just pray um, that these children and these boys who live there will will come to know you as their father. Um, Lord, may they experience the love that they're seeking from you Lord, may they be introduced to you as Father, as our Heavenly Father, um, who created them in in your image and 
and who wants to see them come to know who you are in a personal way. So God, I pray for the staff and the leaders there who will be discipling these boys. God, give them patience. Um, God, give them intentionality in the gospel to be able to share who you are with them. God, I pray for unity among the team. May they not get discouraged or overwhelmed, but God, bond them together as believers, um, Lord, so that these boys will see what the body of Christ is intended to be. And God, lastly, we just pray for our team here stateside. Um, Lord, give us wisdom on how to deepen those partnerships there with the staff. Um, Lord, help us to know how to, how to resource them, how to keep them encouraged as they are on the front lines of ministry. So God, I pray for our team as we um, support them. God, and I just pray for other ministry partners, both stateside and in the country of the yard, just to come around and to support them in their efforts. So God, we trust you and know you are faithful. And we thank you for your word this morning. And we ask these things in your name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Bible Study to make it easier for more people to find. For more resources and information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, please visit us at lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week for the Defender Bible Study.